And welcome in, everybody, to the Nation's College Basketball Show and Podcast. I am the somewhat capable and competent host, TJ Reeves, as we're back underway previewing the weekend. The month of March is here, and we've got automatic bids to the NCAA Tournament upcoming for this weekend, the end of conference play in most of the biggest leagues around the country, known as the Power Six. And we're here to talk all about it on College Basketball Coast to Coast. And no matter how you found us through a social media link, perhaps you're finding us streaming on the TuneIn mobile app. Go to TuneIn under the Tag Sports Group channel and find us. Go under Tag Sports Group. This show streaming 24-7. Whenever there's a new one, it's going to start at the top or the bottom of every hour as we go through March on that channel via TuneIn. Subscribe on the podcast via Apple Podcast under College Basketball Coast to Coast. Just search us College Basketball Coast to Coast under Apple Podcasts and get us and download us in podcast form. All throughout the month of March, we'll be here over and over and over again. We are now within sight of Selection Sunday, a week from Sunday night. All the championship games that are going to be played not only this weekend, next week, etc. We're excited for all of it here as part of College Basketball Coast to Coast. So uh, look forward to talking a bunch of hoops as the weekend unfolds. We're going to set the table with my analyst. Love the insight of Mark Wise. He'll be here in a few minutes. Uh, Mark, the former Purdue and South Florida assistant, longtime broadcaster with me on Sirius XM, on Fox Sports Radio. And now for the last eight seasons, we've done things through TuneIn and the mobile app on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Can't wait for the mayhem of March and to spend it with Mark. Mark working SEC Network action on Saturday. He'll tell you more about the Auburn-Texas A&M game that he has that finishes up the slate. But Mark also working one of those championship weekends and the championship game on Monday night in the Southern Conference. He'll tell you more about that when he is on board. But whether we're talking Mountain West tournament, whether we're talking Ohio Valley tournament, whether we're talking uh, the Southern Conference Uh, On and on. The Horizon League, he and I have done the Horizon League championship game over and over and over again uh, throughout the course of the last six years. We will not be in Indianapolis this year for the Horizon League, but Mark and I will be talking about that after their bonkers quarterfinals on Tuesday night at Campus Sites. They've taken a five-day break for COVID-19 guidelines and testing, and then they'll proceed to Indianapolis. That championship game Tuesday night, semifinals Monday night in Indy. Mark working the Southern Conference in Asheville, North Carolina on ESPN. He'll tell you more about that league in our conversation in a little bit. So much to get to, so much to discuss with Mark here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. We'll go over the Thursday night results real quick that did see the Baylor Bears validate their uh, win over West Virginia on Tuesday, they follow it up with a victory over Oklahoma State on Thursday night. Baylor clinching the Big 12 regular season championship at 20-1. and They'll be the number one seed of the Big 12 tournament next week. Baylor still with one more makeup game because, remember, they were on COVID pause. They're going through the different makeup games this week with West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and now Texas Tech on Sunday. Uh, Speaking of the Big 12, And how things played out. West Virginia was also victorious on Thursday night at the time that we're bringing you this edition of College Basketball Coast to Coast. They beat TCU. West Virginia could be a very dangerous team come Big 12 tournament time. Just wait for that. And what about the Texas Longhorns? We talked a lot about the Big 12 earlier in the week on this show. Texas bounces back and beats Oklahoma in the makeup game. 69-65 in Norman. The Sooners have now lost four straight. 
Big 12, a tough conference, that's for sure. Um, and so we'll see how that shapes up. Meantime, for uh, the Big Ten, Michigan victorious over Michigan State. They clinched the Big Ten title for Jawan Howard and company. Mark and I will talk more about that in a few minutes. A 69-50 to 50 win. Remember, we had Mike DeCourcy on this podcast last week talking about Franz Wagner, the brother of Mo Wagner. 19 points for him in that game. This is the first of two meetings, Michigan and Michigan State. This is the makeup game that was missed when Michigan State was, or actually when Michigan was on pause earlier, back a few weeks ago in the Big Ten, they missed the Michigan State game. This is now the makeup game that Michigan has won at home. They'll play the regularly scheduled game to close it out in the Big Ten schedule at East Lansing on Sunday at the time that we're coming to you on the weekend on college basketball coast-to-coast for Michigan and Michigan State. And again, Mark's going to go over all the Big Ten teams and all of the matchups uh, for Saturday and Sunday as they still jockey for position. Michigan State probably in. I, I said this uh, already this week. I believe they've done enough to get in. But if they take two awful losses to Michigan and lose in the first round of the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis next week, I reserve the right to pull them back out. Because the last impression, despite what the committee may say about the that what you do last doesn't matter as much. If they are beaten badly by Michigan twice and lose in the first round of the Big Ten tournament, I think that could drop them off uh, of the uh, of the uh, at-large line. We'll see if that is the case coming up for Michigan State. But Izzo's team with the wins over Illinois and Ohio State and the two wins over Indiana seem to have done a lot. Of the, and again, they won an out-of-conference game at Duke. Their strength of schedule is going to improve by playing Michigan twice, and then it'll improve even more at the Big Ten tournament if they win a game or two and they're around for a little while. So we'll see. Illinois playing Ohio State this weekend uh, at Ohio State. Uh, Again, Ohio State has taken four losses late in the Big Ten schedule. So we're going to talk more about the Big Ten schedule with Mark uh, coming up. And as we set the table here for the weekend, uh, it will also see Alabama, who's already clinched the SEC, playing Saturday afternoon at Georgia. In one of those matchups, ACC has Virginia and Louisville. Has Louisville done enough at large to get in by virtue of that win over Duke? They've got a couple of other quality wins. Do they need one more against Virginia? And this is a makeup game as well when Virginia was on COVID pause as they play that game in Louisville uh, coming up. We're going to talk about the red-hot Arkansas Razorbacks, too. They're playing Texas A&M on the weekend uh, as well. Uh, in SEC play, and Arkansas and Eric Musselman's team has won 10 straight games in the Southeastern Conference at this point. So those are the games coming on Saturday. In addition to the West Coast Conference tournament where Gonzaga is getting underway, Gonzaga is going to be playing on um, on Monday night, as it turns out. They have a double bye into the uh, semifinals along with BYU while the West Coast Conference tournament plays out in Las Vegas. The Missouri Valley tournament playing out. With Loyola Chicago, remember the Final Four darling of about three years ago? They are now in action. Loyola of Chicago uh, in the Missouri Valley Tournament this weekend. We'll see how they do along with Drake. Are both of those teams going to get in the NCAA Tournament? Drake may have the weaker at-large case. They did split with Loyola of Chicago. Loyola Chicago seems to have the stronger at-large case. Uh, If they go ahead and win the conference tournament, would Missouri Valley only be a one-bid league? We'll see as we effort to cover all of this on college basketball uh, coast-to-coast. Villanova off the uh, the win on senior night, Wednesday night over Creighton. 
Villanova without Colin Gillespie, the injured knee. It looks like he will miss the remainder of the season with a torn MCL, the ligament on the outside of the leg. That's a big blow for them. Will Gillespie come back and play one more bonus year for Villanova, or was that the end of his career? We'll see. For the Wildcats, they'll play Providence at Providence Saturday afternoon. Villanova trying to lock up the number one seed in the Big East. Creighton, by the way, lost that game the other night to Villanova, and their coach, Doug McDermott, um, is uh, is embattled right now. Um, uh, Craig McDermott, the coach, Doug McDermott, the son, uh, after making racially insensitive comments to his team in a post-game locker room setting, he's now suspended for this weekend's Creighton game. There are some saying that uh, he should be fired uh, for the racially insensitive comments. Creighton has not gone that far right now. They have a suspension of McDermott, who did coach Wednesday night but will not coach this weekend. And Creighton is one of the teams at large, too, looking to get in the NCAA tournament out of the Big East as well. So we effort to cover all of it here as part of college basketball coast to coast. Again, I am merely the host, TJ Reeves. Keep it locked in, whether you found us through a social media link, on TuneIn, et cetera. Uh, keep us locked in and find the podcast on Apple Podcasts. So much to get to and to cover uh, throughout this weekend as the regular seasons wrap up, ACC, Big East, Big Ten, Big 12, SEC, Pac-12, they're all closing out and the conference tournament play getting underway. Let's get to further discussion with my man, Coach Mark Wise, to help me break it down here on this edition of the show. Championship week is coming. In fact, conference tournament's already playing. Let's get to sorting all of it out right now. As promised, as we head to the final weekend of the regular season in a lot of the power conferences, and we have automatic bids on the line coming up in a lot of the different leagues over the course of the next few days. Who better to sort it out for me than my analyst here as part of College Basketball Coast to Coast, longtime broadcaster on the ESPN family of networks and the SEC network. We'll go over the games that he's got uh, this weekend. Love me some Mark Wise, the former Purdue and South Florida assistant. I heard you the other night talking about the 1980 Final Four that you were part of as a coaching staff at Purdue. <laughs> I remember it well. Good to have you, Coach, as we are, we are now in the month of March. We love it. Yeah, not only are we in the month of March, but we are already in madness uh, with some conferences scooting up uh, tournament play um, a week earlier. And I'm going to get into a little bit of that later on. But uh, yeah, it's a fun time of the year. And everybody wants to ask the same question. How far can my team go in the NCAA tournament? Here's a note for fans. Just stop. Just stop for a minute and enjoy the journey that your team has taken you on and ride with that. Yeah, and, and the fact that we did not, and you say that all the time every year, the fact that we did not have it at all last year. Just be happy that you're in. Be happy that you're trying to, to do damage in a conference tournament or in the NCAA tournament upcoming. Could not agree more. All right, current events. Uh, earlier this week, Baylor in a fantastic game, won at Morgantown, West Virginia, beat the Mountaineers, and won the Big 12 regular season title. As I always like to joke with you, Mark Wise would love everyone to know he was not covering the 1950 Baylor team. <laughs> <laughs> that won the Southwest Conference regular season title back now 71 years ago. First title in 71 years for Scott Drew. They validated it with a win on Thursday night over Oklahoma State. They had to shake Oklahoma State in the final couple of minutes. What about this job by Baylor as they will now go to Kansas City next week as the number one seed in the Big 12? Well, if there's a lifetime achievement award for one coach to – 
resurrect a program, it certainly would be Scott Drew, because you'd have to understand what he inherited when he took over in terms of a criminal investigation, in terms of NCAA investigation, and to have them where he has them is, is truly remarkable. And then the other thing that I will give, and you and I have discussed this over the last couple of years, Scott Drew's been a matchup zone guy forever. I mean, forever. And yet he knew that with this particular team, uh, they were better suited to play man-to-man. And the, the change for him is um, a, a testimony to adapting to the roster that you have, the skill set that that roster has, and they've done that. And, you know, now here they sit, you know, 20 and one, 12 and one in the, in the Big 12, and he'll be one of the names mentioned for National Coach of the Year. As he should be. You and I joked previously that for the longest time, Coach K, uh, the standard, would never seemingly play zone. And then he began to loosen up and play some, and it helped him win a national title, his last national title in 2015. We talked about this all around that time. God, I can't believe it was six years ago uh, in Indianapolis. But they played a lot of zone that year, the team with Jaleel Okafor. Right. And uh, Tyus Jones and that whole team, and it helped them win a national title. So the best coaches do adapt. They do adjust. Kudos to Baylor. Going to be wild in the Big 12. Uh, Texas, a great win over Oklahoma in the makeup game. I mean, Oklahoma looks so good down the stretch of the season, and now they've lost four straight games, including two to Oklahoma State and one to Texas in right. the makeup game. They had some makeup games this week. Big 12 tournament, just one more quick comment, is going to be wide open coming next week, I believe. Well, I do not. I think it's Baylor's to lose. I, I think if you're sitting there 20 and one, um, I think you're a prohibitive favorite. Now, Oklahoma, I think the schedule has caught up to them. I mean, they have played so many games here over the last couple of weeks, and, and that's just asking a lot, especially in a league as good as the Big 12. Yeah, good point on that. But I mean, with West Virginia, Texas coming on, Texas Tech got another win on Thursday night. That one will be a lot of fun. All right, enough about the Big 12. Let's move over to the Big 10, which everybody, I think, agrees has been the best league. Michigan wrapped up the regular season title Thursday night and the number one seed at the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis coming next week by virtue of their win over rival Michigan State. That's the makeup game. The two of them will now play again on Sunday. Uh, Again, coming off the heels of being wiped out by Illinois 48 hours earlier, you got to give Michigan a lot of credit. I know this was still at home. They didn't have to go on the road to do it, but give them a lot of credit for how well they played against Michigan State, and they clinched the Big Ten regular season. Well, let's look at it this way, and let me ask you some questions, TJ. Do you think Wisconsin is capable capable of getting to the second weekend? Yes. Okay, they lost nine times in the Big Ten. Do you think Ohio State is capable of getting to the second weekend, or Purdue, or Iowa, or Illinois, and maybe Illinois to the Final Four? Well, those teams lost seven times, six times, four times, all in the Big Ten. Michigan only lost twice. So when you're talking about winning the Big Ten this year, I think it has added significance because of how deep and how good uh, the the Big Ten is. I mean, we're looking at a Big Ten where Michigan State is 8-11, Indiana 7-11. That's how good the league is. Yeah, and those are NCAA 
uh, tournament caliber teams, and that is your point, that have had trouble winning games uh, in that conference. That's the voice of Mark Wise with me, college basketball coast to coast. You find him at MW Hoops on Twitter. Love his insight as we head towards the weekend. Mark's going to tell you about the games that he's doing uh, in a few moments. Also, three wise men before we get out of here. Um, all right, a couple more uh, here as the as the Power Five conferences are, are whittling down. Uh, in the SEC, Alabama obviously clinched. How many teams do you think the SEC is going to end up with when all is said and done? What are you looking at? Because you cover this league uh, throughout the year on the SEC Network. I thought it was six two weeks ago. I thought it was six last week. I think it's six this week. And they don't have anybody on the bubble. They don't have anybody close to the bubble. I think the lowest seed that Lenardi had in his latest was a number nine, maybe LSU. Uh, so from that standpoint, I think the SEC's got six. I think there's six locks, and we're going to all see six. I don't know how many can make runs in the NCAA tournament. I think I've said this uh, on the air um, in other places that I think Arkansas is best built to win three games in three days that is required of the SEC tournament. But I think Alabama is best built maybe to make the deepest run because of the way they play and the the fact that they shoot the three balls so well. And you and I have done this for so long. You read my mind because I was going to Arkansas as soon as you got done on how dangerous are they. They, They've won, what, 10 of 11, something like that, coming on at just the right time for Eric Musselman's team. Yeah, they've won 10 in a row in the league. The only loss that they have was in the Big 12 Challenge. This is the deepest team in the league. Uh, when you come off with a J.D. Note off the bench who can get you 20 on any given night, um, I like what Jalen Williams gives them, the, the, the freshman off the bench. But, you know, they've got a lottery pick in Moses Moody. Uh, Justin Smith, the transfer from Indiana, is a real glue guy. Provides a lot. They were 1-3 in the four games that he lost. Uh, he's back now and he's a hundred percent. I love Jalen Tate. You and I've done games with Jalen Tate, um, the transfer for Northern Kentucky. He gives them kind of a aggressive, big minded, uh, point guard. So there's a lot of things to like there. Um, and then you've got Connor Vanover who, who at seven foot three, um, gives you a presence on both ends of the floor. Not like you think as a seven foot three, because he's a, Rim protector on defense, he will block some shots, but he's a three-point threat on the other end. So from that standpoint, this Arkansas team has a a lot of weapons. Uh, Eric Musselman, the master at molding transfers with younger players. And Musselman, previous tournament experience at Nevada, pulling an upset as a 10-seed against a two-seed Cincinnati. That comes into play in March. That's much more of a discussion for a couple of weeks from now. And on the Jalen Tate kid, just to circle back one more time, he was the outstanding player of the Horizon League tournament that you and I did a year ago, just before the shutdown on the Tuesday night of championship week. Northern Kentucky won the title game. Tate, a transfer, comes in, plays immediately at Arkansas. Don't discount that postseason experience to be able to help Arkansas Arkansas, not just SEC tournament, but NCAA tournament. All right, you are going to be working SEC uh, network game on Saturday and then shift to the Southern Conference for the automatic bid in the SOCON this weekend. Lay it out for me a little bit on what you've got going on what network as we as we get into championship week. It's already underway for a lot of conferences this weekend. 
Well, I've got the early game on the SEC Network uh, on Saturday. That's Mississippi State at Auburn. And and who knows if uh, Sharif Cooper will play. He's, he's dealing with a turned ankle. I hope he does because it might be the last time that we see Sharif Cooper on the collegiate level. Um, Mississippi State is one game under 500. Um, I, you know, it, it's not a big deal, but right. in some ways in this COVID environment, uh, you're looking for small victories any way you can. And, and so I think for Mississippi State to be 500 in the league would be, you know, quite an accomplishment with what they lost from a year ago. Then I'm shifting over, as you mentioned, to the SOCON. And this is the third straight year that I've done the SOCON. It's a little bit different this year. Obviously, we won't be there, but that's one. That's another story for another day because of COVID. Um, but in the last couple of years, there have been a prohibitive favorite. Two years ago, it was Wofford, the undefeated SOCON season. Fletcher McGee, if you remember, that yep. team lost to Kentucky in the second round in a close game. And then last year was East Tennessee State, the 30-win season, all the talent that they had. It was a team that no one wanted to see in their NCAA draw because they were going to most likely be slotted in that 5-12 game. And we, we all know what, uh, what happens in 5-12 games. So, but this year it's different. Uh, the league winner has lost four times. That's UNC Greensboro. I think there's as many as six different teams who could win the SOCON. Because they've all beaten each other. And if you tune in on Sunday night when we start the semifinals, I have created a graphic showing the victory circle of the SOCON. And it starts with UNC Greensboro, who beat Furman, who beat Wofford. Who beat, and you go all the way around the clock to the last place team, Western Carolina. Oh, yeah, they beat UNCG. So um, it's a it, it's going to be an interesting tournament, to, to say the least. And, I, and they start the first round. On Friday night, all the quarterfinals will be Saturday. Uh, the semifinals, 6 and 8 o'clock on ESPNU. And then Monday night, the finals, 7 o'clock on Big ESPN. Yeah, and I, I, I always love doing championship uh, week with you. You and I will not be together for the Horizon League. I want to get to three wise men in just a second with Mark Wise. But the Horizon you can't, League. Nope, can't talk. Nope, can't talk about that. You might be you might be stealing some thunder here. I understand gotta, that. Gotta but hold you're, you're, you're gonna gotta bring hold up the Horizon League in your three wise men, but I, I hope you get something similar to what happened with the Horizon League quarterfinals because it was there. bananas. Can't go there. Yeah, Can't go there. It was bananas. Uh, so we're not gonna be there in Indianapolis, but whether it's West Coast Conference tournament and uh, right. whether it is SOCON tournament. Uh, Missouri Valley tournament this weekend, all of that going on. So it is going to segue. Now he will be allowed under three wise men pretense to talk about the Horizon League and more. Let's do it officially. And now it's time for Mark Wise's Three Wise Men. It is time, and those were banana quarterfinals uh, with three overtime games and a last-second shot, the likes of Cleveland State and Northern Kentucky and Oakland uh, and even Milwaukee with a losing record advancing to the Monday night semifinals in the Horizon League. All right, Mark Wise, where do you want to begin for three wise men? Well, you, yes, that, that quarterfinal round was just ridiculous with three of the four games going to overtime. But I wanted to bring this up about the Horizon League because the Horizon League is wise man number uh, uh, one this week. They reshuffled the deck after each round in the Horizon. And what I mean by that was 
Milwaukee in the 8-9 game won. And normally the 8-9 winner would come out and play the number one seed. But because there was an upset in the 10 seed, Purdue Fort Wayne beat the 7 seed, they reshuffled the deck in each round. So the 10 seed actually went up and played Cleveland State. And Milwaukee, as the 8 seed, got number two right state. Okay, so Milwaukee wins the game. Now they've reshuffled the deck again, and they've got to play the number one seed, <laughs> Cleveland State. I get why you do it. You want to protect your best teams, but I don't like it. I, I think if you win an upset like that, you ought to be able to just go out of the bracket where you're slotted. And if you happen to make the NCAA tournament, that's fabulous. All right. So I, I guess it, it's not a wise situation playing on the words uh, in the Horizon League for you. But uh, it, let, let's give credit to the Milwaukee Panthers, who uh, Mark Wise, again, we cannot overstate, they were down 24 points with six and a right. half to go at Wright State and came from behind, down still 12 with two minutes left and came from behind in a true road game at Wright State to win and keep their march alive as a team with a losing record. We love that. And they'll be in the semifinals on Monday night. Yeah, I mean, it's not the way you want to go out. I mean, London loved – it seems like London loves been at Wright State. You and I have done all these games over the years. I think he's in his 19th year of eligibility. Yeah. But but nonetheless, it's not the way you want to go out. It's a, it's, a, it's a miserable feeling as a coach to lose a game like that. And Cleveland State winning in triple overtime in their game with Purdue-Fort Wayne, including banking in a tray at the end of second overtime just to keep it alive and win 108-104. to Yeah. Very Mark Wise-like, 108 points in a game, just gunning them up. All right, let's continue. Give me the offense. The <laughs> offense will be there in Indianapolis. Give me a couple of more wise men before we get out of here. Go. Okay, so if, if, if you watch the women's side, UConn's uh, – Gino Ariema has had so many great players over the years, but he's got a bucket getter this year who I just love, Paige Beckers. Paige Beckers was just named player of the year and freshman of the year in the Big East. And you go, okay, she's UConn, blah, blah, blah. Do you know the only other player to be named player of the year and freshman of the year in the Big East? Maya Moore. How about that? So that's the kind of company – that Paige Beckers is keeping right now. Maya Moore, Paige Beckers, wise man number two. I love that. I was going to guess Rebecca Lobo. You can't go wrong there uh, with UConn uh, picks, and you could have gone Shay Ralph and, a, and if you, Diana Tarazi. You could have just picked a, a whole bunch of them. Wow, uh, with what Gino has built uh, there. Final wise man or lady. These can be players, coaches, athletic directors, whomever. Go ahead. Well, we talked about Baylor and having not won the – conference championships some, since sometime in the 1800s. <laughs> this, the same th kind of thing has gone on at Alabama. Uh, this is Alabama's first regular season SEC title since 2002. Uh, Nate Oates uh, has brought a different kind of mentality. He's brought a different schematic way of doing things on the offensive end. Uh, if you've ever seen a shot chart from Alabama, they simply do not, do not take anything in the mid-range. Everything is either at the arc or at the rim. And if you take a mid-range jumper, I think you get benched. Yeah, in fact, so, our, our colleague Chris Stewart, who you love, who does Bama basketball, says, NATO says anything from 15 feet is a four-letter word in their vernacular, in their <laughs> offense, to your point. 
Yeah, he, he most likely will be SEC coach of the year. And if it, this was any other year uh, where Gonzaga hasn't done what they've done, Baylor hasn't done what they've done, Michigan hasn't done what they've done, he would probably be national coach of the year. Uh, they've got a fun team to watch. Every coach in the country, TJ, would love to have one shooter in league play when things get tight, possessions are fewer. Everybody would love to have one guy who shoots 41% or better from beyond the arc. One, everybody. Right. Alabama has five of them. <laughs> and not only that, the leading scorer on the team, Jaden Shackelford, he's not in the group. He just made five the other night. He hasn't been making threes here in the last month, but Man, are they fun to watch. So wise man number three, NATO. No conscience, and they shoot a lot of threes, and let's see how far Bama can go. We know what this man can do. He's on the SEC network for Auburn and A&M on Saturday early. And then SoCon, baby, from Asheville, North Carolina, semifinals Sunday night. That's ESPNU, correct, Coach, uh, for the yeah, semis? The U on, on Sunday night for the semis, yep. And then on Monday night, championship game for the Southern Conference. Mark Wise on the call on ESPN. I always love the insight. It is March. I look forward to bringing you on many times here over the next uh, three or four weeks as all of this unfolds. Thank you for helping uh, set the table on the weekend here, Mark Wise, as we get ready for all of this to happen. Thank you, sir. Thanks, TJ. There he is. Follow him at MW Hoops. Again, follow us at CBB Coast to Coast for this show. It streams on TuneIn. Find the podcast on Apple Podcast as we come your way in the midday. It's going to get more and more frequently here as March cranks up, but the weekend table is set, as I mentioned. Again, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. The show streaming, no matter if you joined us in progress or not, it starts over roughly the top of the hour and the bottom of the hour on TuneIn on the Tag Sports Group channel. Search under sports, Tag Sports Group, and this show is streaming there constantly, 24-7, talking college hoops. For now, we are done from a man, Mark Wise. I'm merely TJ Reeves. Enjoy all the hoops this weekend as we continue along in March on College Basketball Coast to Coast.